Welcome to Medicana Talk with Dr. Joe Rosado. This program seeks to educate you on topics having to do with medical cannabis. You'll have a better understanding of the industry, insight, and guidance on how cannabis is a safe and important innovation in medicine today. Now, here is your host, Dr. Joe Rosado. Hello, world. This is Dr. Joseph Rosado coming to you live from beautiful Ormond Beach, Florida. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you are in the world, you are listening to Medicana Talk with Dr. Joseph Rosado with our main sponsor, Cannabidiol Life, our president and CEO, Mr. Christopher Visser. Chris, say hello to the world. Hello, world. It's exciting to be back. I think we always are touching on some very uh, specific topics that uh, that I really feel can give a lot of guidance to to family members uh, with their cannabis usage. So, as always, I'm excited to be here and um, ready to share some education. Excellent, and welcome back, and uh, our deepest sympathies. Yes, yes, very much. And Good next. And next on the radio, Mr. Ed, Vis- Ed Visser, Ed Pisani. <laughs> Hello, world. for advertising. Go ahead. Hello, world. As you know, I'm terrible at pronouncing all these big words. So if you catch one, um, the first uh, three people today that catch me saying a uh, medical term really badly, uh, just reach out to Dr. Rosado and you'll get a book, his uh, book, uh, Caring About Cannabis. That's uh, not the name of it. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> That's me. his next Hope. book. Uh, but you're going to get it. Be, be prepared to give out a lot of free books. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Ed. It's, it's all good. I, I can't pronounce anything. Like I, I just don't have that. But you can pronounce the name of my book, which is Hope and Healing the Case for Cannabis. Hope and um, Healing the Case for Cannabis, not Caring for Cannabis. But, uh, yeah, soon to be purchased on my website, which um, Chris Visser is giving a uh, an update to Perfect. and a major facelift. Awesome. So, um, so we'll be selling it on directly from our uh, website, and as a result of purchasing it on our website, um, you'll be able to get some amazing benefits, some discounts for some of the products at Cannabidiol Life, as well as a free 15-minute consultation with Dr. Rosado with me. So, all that said, let's get started. So, I always start with the intro. So, here's the intro for today's show. Um, most recently, the use of cannabidiol CBD products in pediatrics or the, the child world has sparked additional debate and pediatric providers have started encountering patients experimenting with these products. Parents are trying to do whatever they can to make you know to have their children be healthy and not be taking synthetic medications. So the, the children have been going to the pediatric offices that have been utilizing uh, CBD. Uh, as a result of this, you know, we're going to need some history, some available medical literature in, on this topic. And as, I've, as I always say, I speak science. I do not speak opinion. I do not speak belief. I speak science. If I can't back it up scientifically through the medical literature, and it doesn't have to be from the United States, just a reputable source, that's what I'm going to focus on. Now, as we have dis- discussed from the beginning of this show, Delta 9 THC, or THC, as most people know it, the cannabinoid most commonly associated with marijuana as a drug of abuse, is euphoric. It gives you a high. Other cannabinoids, such as CBD, do not. 
we discussed that before, but repetition is the mother of skill. Thank you, Tony Robbins. <laughs> <laughs> Certain studies have shown that THC has been linked to the development of schizophrenia and a contributor to neurodevelopmental deficits in adolescents and teenagers. Different cannabis chemovars will have varying amounts of both CBD and THC, and thus the concentrations and ratios of these different cannabinoids within a product, especially for use for, by children, has been a subject of interest not only for the medical professionals and the parents, but also for the state legislators as well as they're making laws to protect the citizens of their states and countries. Now, the debate about the use of cannabinoid products in children has persisted owing to the lack of well-developed and published randomized controlled trials. And I write about this in, in my book. There has been a wide variety of mostly case series and international studies for adult indications such as chronic pain, multiple sclerosis, headaches, and various neuropsychiatric disorders. However, the pediatric literature lacks the same breadth owing to public stigma and restrictions on investigational use. I don't know too many products that would subject their children to clinical trials. Now, many of the trials are that have been done on children that we will be quoting on this in in this in today's show have been observational studies. Then they've not been given any toxic uh, substances or anything like that. So they're not going to be, you know, studies that were used to abuse these children. Okay, so a disclaimer there. Now, this has resulted in retrospective and parental parentally reported data in epilepsy behavioral conditions, which we will be discussing shortly. Now, despite the overall lack of published data on CBD in pediatric patients, most of the literature is devoted to its use in epilepsy, which if you watch the CNN report by Dr. Sanjay Gupta, weed, you, you will d discover that the bulk of it was on epilepsy and Charlotte's Web, etc. Now, current large Prospective trials are underway in the United States as well as abroad, uh, not only on animal studies, but also, you know, seeing how CBD works on injuries of the brain, on cancers that attack children, etc. So, guys, let's roll. Hit right. me with your best shot. Chris, you want okay, the first uh, one? Yeah, Ed, I, was, I was just going to say, I've been uh, wanting to ask this question. So, uh, what is the American Academy of Pediatrics, uh, abbreviated as AAP, what are their recommendations when considering the use of marijuana recreationally and or medically? Okay, excellent. And we discussed this last week. We're just doing a quick recap and review of what we discussed last week. The American Academy of Pediatrics requires that research and development should be conducted on pharmaceutical cannabinoids. Now, understand that cannabis it remains a Schedule One drug. Being a Schedule One drug, we cannot do clinical trials or research studies because it's federally illegal. Therefore, their position is that cannabis be descheduled, making it a Schedule Two, similar to oxycodone, hydrocodone, tramadol, etc. By making it a Schedule II, then it would open it for more 
research in the United States. The federal and state governments should establish a robust health surveillance regarding the impact of marijuana, particularly on children and adolescents. And in states that have legalized marijuana for recreational use, the American Academy of Pediatrics strongly recommends strict enforcement of rules and regulations that limit access, marketing, and advertising to the youth. For example, in the state of Florida, although edibles are part of the law and are legal, the state has not provided the licensed producers in the state of Florida to formulate the edibles yet because they, for fear that it may look too much like the, a child's gummy or child's vitamin and children may get access to it. Not taking into consideration the responsibility of a parent. Now, both of you guys are parents. Yep. What's your position on this? Uh, I'll go first. I mean, like, uh, I think it's good. Anything that helps uh, my child want to take something she needs to take, like uh, anytime the pharmacy says, hey, we can make a cherry flavored, bubblegum flavored, I, I think it's fine. I mean, it, it makes me wonder, like, if we made it like a Fred Flintstone style vitamin, uh, would it be good to maybe make it like a Bam Bam versus the Flintstone? Like, what cartoon character would be the best representation? Uh, or maybe like having Scooby Snack like uh, gummies, <laughs> I don't know. It's just it's just me. Something to really make my child at six, turning seven years old, want to take the medicines that she needs to take. Now, Chris, your child is younger than six or seven. Yes, she's two. She's going to be two in uh, about one month and one week. So, that's but who's counting? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, well, uh, my take on it is. I will give my child anything that I believe is beneficial for her. So, uh, what were what were some of the uh, um, the level two drugs that you mentioned a second ago? Uh, oxycodone, hydrocodone, tramadol. Um, okay, so those are those are just your first two. Those are known medications that have caused death somehow. Correct. Correct. Absolutely. So, An overdose so, of that will will stop you breathing. Yes. So wow. Where I'm getting at is the AAP is strongly recommending to demote cannabis from a level one, schedule one to a schedule two, right? They're pitching it. They're trying to recommend it. Yet cannabis doesn't have a single death under their belt. Correct. So what? Correct, and not so only that, the synthetic why, why, version. Why? Why are we? No, hang, my thing is why? Why? Why are we fighting so much for something that has that has shown positive, 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 when oxycodone and these other ones have literally killed people through overdose, and you can't overdose with cannabis. So I think because of the results that we're getting through just the various little tests here and there on whether cannabis is safe and safe for kids. I think, I think it's a no-brainer. I think it's a no-brainer. We need to we need to be more proactive. Uh, but you know, that's when you're convincing Marble, Marlboro, and all these other places that you know that have the the government in their pockets um, to allow something so beneficial to to humanity to to be readily accessible uh, worldwide, especially nationwide. Uh, for exactly. Us well, not only that, the synthetic version of cannabis, dronabinol is a schedule three. So it's, a, it's an, at a lower tier. 
and the medication that was recently approved by the Food and Drug Administration, a medication that's created by a big pharma, GW Pharmaceuticals, Epidiolex, is a Schedule Five, which is the least uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. affected or, or you know oh. addictive medication according to their definition. So yeah. that ju- that just shows a, a strong level of hypocrisy. Now the the most important thing is that any medication be in a child-proof um, container. That mm-hmm. way, it prevents parents, you know, or children from getting to them because they are in child protective. Um, yeah, bottle. to say yeah to, to to use the excuse of oh, like a kid might be able to get into the medicine bottle or something like that. Well, I mean that's that's the case for any medication in the in the household. And if the parent is prescribed Vicodin and oxycodone and painkillers and stuff like that, well, it's the same concept. What are you gonna do? Blame the blame blame bad parenting because of just because it's a medication in general. But I'm with you on the on the childproof lock. Yeah, the key is <laughs> keep it out of reach of children. We've yeah. been hearing that ever since <laughs> I was a child. Keep it out of reach of children. So keep it out of reach of children, people. That's it. So Common more or sense. less, like if a child doesn't need medication, they shouldn't be taking medication. That's like the uh, Darwinism uh, thought of the day. Exactly. Very okay. good. Thank anyway, you. Anyway, next question. Uh, my, my question is because, you know, uh, Dr. Rosado loved to nerd out on Wikipedia. I found a really good one about a Cochrane review that was conduct- conducted back in 2012 to assess the safety of cannabinoid use in patients with epilepsy. The authors included blinded and unblinded randomized controlled trials. Only four studies met the criteria. One was an abstract one. The other one was a letter from the editor. Hi, ha. It was you, Dr. Rosato. Because I like <laughs> cyber-stalking you. Because that's what I do on the weekends just for funsies. Uh, would you please explain the results of this Cochrane review? Okay. Well, without getting too crazy <laughs> with it, there were four studies that actually met the criteria and reviews. And yes, one of them was a letter to the editor from me. But the one study that was actually somewhat serious was done by the father of medical cannabis, which is uh, Rafael Mishulam in Israel. And it was mainly to check the, on dosing. And mm-hmm. so the, the summary that came about this review, and a portion of this is in, again, my book, and Chris is in, in extrapolating a lot of the information from the book and putting it into the website because the number one question that people and physicians have when dealing with cannabis is what dose do I give? And so based on this this review, the author summarized the finding that a CBD dose of 200 to 300 milligrams daily was safely administered over a short period of time with zero adverse events. So no adverse reactions, no negative um, results. So these children could mm-hmm. receive comfortably as much as two to three hundred milligrams per day. Now, now, question for ahead. you in layman's terms, because I'm a parent and I look at things in teaspoons. How many teaspoons is that that I'm trying to have my child take? Well, I'm going to defer that to Chris because Chris has a, an amazing formulation as far as milligrams per milliliter. And because in America, we don't use the metric system, except mm-hmm. when we're giving medication to our children, 
because if they talk about milliliters rather than actual teaspoons per se, mm -hmm. the one teaspoon contains five milliliters of volume of liquid. Okay, so one teaspoon is equal to five milliliters. So Chris, how many milligrams are there in one milliliter of your products? Because you have multiple product lines. Yes, um, so I understand why you would ask that question, Ed, about the teaspoons, but mm -hmm. that is not at all the way the industry, the cannabis industry is set up. Okay. Um, we usually, when you're when talking about the different oils, um, they are with they are taken with a dropper, which is you know that little uh, rubber bulb that you squeeze, it, and then it sucks out the liquid from the bottle. Mm -hmm. uh, so basically, you should be receiving some type of guidance from whoever you're purchasing from uh, to tell you what how many milligrams are in each milliliter, or what is their suggested what is their suggested dose. For instance, they could tell you. Take five drops. Take ten drops. Take fifteen drops. Now, is so that on I, the package? It should be. It should absolutely be. Um, every from wherever you buy from, you should absolutely have a suggested use, suggested dose from the person you're buying from. A lot of companies they uh, they vaguely guide you on mm -hmm. their label. Uh, take as needed or stuff like this. Um, but for us, we we found a really a happy medium. Or not a happy medium, but a a very strong feedback for effectiveness when the user takes roughly between 25 and 50 milligrams uh, per dose. And this is of a full spectrum product, not just CBD isolate. Gotcha. So, what's for us? We we for in all of our formulations, all of our oils, we formulate everything at the same potency, but we offer them in different sizes. Right, so if you were just trying it out and you wanted this 50 milligrams per milli per milliliter uh, option, mm -hmm. well, you could buy for us from us. You can buy 10 servings. You can buy 30 servings. You can buy 60 servings, 120 servings. So that's the way that we do it. Since we found a formulation that works, a potency dosage that works for the majority, and when I say majority, I mean over 90% of people are responding back with positive feedback. Mm -hmm. uh, we really like this this potency, um, and so now we offer just you know different entry levels. If it's your first time, well, just buy the the ten serving one, and when you get to see what CV can do for you, well, then hey, you know it works. We'll come back, and then you can buy a larger option. So gotcha. we like that. We like that fifty milligrams per milliliter, and uh, the dropper within that bottle mm -hmm. should have calibrated markings on it so that you can uh, take. An accurate dose. Now, I just which have some questions. Which most oh, droppers do not. Yeah, I'm sorry. Most droppers do not have those markings on there. So you, you can buy something at the flea market or the gas station, which we've frowned upon on more than one occasion. Many of those droppers do not have the the, grad, the gradients on there. Exactly. So you don't know what and you're getting or how much, and you've got to guesstimate. You know what a milliliter is, a quarter of a milliliter, etc. So yeah, it's any very company, easy. any company that is that is in this business to this day, and they don't have calibrated markings on their dropper, they mm -hmm. do not have the consumer's best interest in mind. They have their pockets in mind because it is more expensive to have a calibrations on your dropper, mm -hmm. and the fact that someone can say, "Hey, this is," I don't. Uh, okay, so long story short, if we're in the CBD industry. We're technically medicinal. 
uh, whether that's allowed to say or that's not to say. I believe that in, in, in the CBD industry, we are here to provide a better quality of life for consumers. And so if that is the concept, then yes, we are here medicinally in some facet. So for you to say, here is a product, um, take it as a dietary supplement or however you want to pitch it, mm -hmm. you still have to give them the guidance of how to properly take this product. And for someone to not spend an extra five cents for a dropper with calibrations on it, um, you can tell where their, where their, uh, where their morals lie. Gotcha. Um, now, I guess my other question was, since we were talking about kids and stuff, um, how does this stuff taste? Like, is there like flavors for kids or is it like actually tastes pretty nice? Um, there are some CBD oils out there that I think taste like dirt. Uh, <laughs> and some and some that taste like dirt uh, mixed with vodka. It's just absolutely horrible. Um, oh, boy. And that's just, <laughs> yeah, and that's just a poor... That's just a poorly produced product that's on the market. And fortunately, regulations are coming around and we can push all those out. Um, but our oil, uh, we have been, we have been uh, told that we have the smoothest tasting oil. Um, no burn associated due to our extraction methods. Mm -hmm. So, um, but for me, if I, was, uh, if I was a kid, I don't think that I would absolutely love the idea of putting oil in my mouth and swallowing it because that's something an adult can understand the value in. I don't think a child could. Mm -hmm. So I do believe gummies, uh, just the way that you try to give your kid, like you said, a little Flintstone vitamin in the morning. Well, it's the same concept. They're going to, they're going to want to take what tastes good. Like for an example, just the other day at dinner with my little daughter, I said, Hey baby, do you want to try this? Do you want to try this muffin? And she looked at it and she said, no. And I was like, well, why not? And she, she just said, no. And I was like, okay. I was like, hey, baby, you want to try this cupcake? And she said, yes. And it was the same product. <laughs> it was the, it was the, like, I, I just changed the name from a cupcake, but, uh, from a muffin to a cupcake. You know what I mean? Yeah. And she, yeah. Said, and she said, yes. So it's the same concept. It's like, do you want to take this oil? No. Do you want to take this gummy? Yes. So, you know, you got to cater to, so I believe, I believe that, yes, edibles are okay. And we should make it taste good. Okay, cool. Right on. Um, I know we got a little derailed there. I'm sorry about that. Um, no worries. Because if, if these questions come up from, you know, you, Ed, that, as you always say, you're a newbie. Yep. These are the questions that, the you know, Joe Public and Jane Public are asking. The, the, so that's kind of the important that. question to me because, like, having my kid kind of want to take medicine is, like, trying to uh, – you know, uh, sometimes fight a lion because she just <laughs> has her own her own idea of what she's uh, comfortable with and what she's not comfortable with. Um, so, like knowing that there are flavors out there, I think goes a long way. Especially when you have a child that's kindergarten, first grade, second grade, they don't really get it yet. They're you're still trying exactly. to you got to be the superhero in their life. So. Agree right. Anyway, so we got about seven minutes before our first break. So, what 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 are the questions you guys have for me? All right, I'm gonna uh, I'll make this quick. Um, uh, the American Academy of Neurology conducted a systematic review in 2014. Um, this review specifically it uh, it included 34 studies that used medical marijuana, and they actually went after a couple of different conditions. Uh, they went after to treat MS 
epilepsy, and other movement disorders. Um, just curious and to throw your information, your, your experience in there, based on MS, epilepsy, and movement disorders, what did these, what was the overall um, conclusion of these 34 studies? It was bunk, it, if, for lack of a better term. Um, <laughs> back in 2014, the data was insufficient to support or refute the efficacy of cannabinoids for reducing seizure frequency, quote unquote. In other words, there was not sufficient evidence. But yet, let's fast forward to last year mm -hmm. when the Food and Drug Administration approved in June of 2018 Epidiolex, which is, which is a medication that was created by pharmaceutical industry yeah, for the treatment of two yeah. seizures, Dravet syndrome and Lennox-Gastaut. So, so what are they basing? Uh, what are they basing? Uh, I don't get it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if, they, if they if they legalize something based off of medical testing and medical studies and what these tests conclude, how do they? I mean, I, I just see a conflict of interest. It, you what you see is lack of desire to go beyond their blinders. Yeah. Hmm. You know, given the industry, it doesn't surprise me. Um, nope, not at all. So that's the challenge that, you know, 2014, oh, not enough evidence. Four years later, oh, here's a new medication for the treatment of children with epilepsy. And, and it's the infectious. same pharmaceutical company, GW Pharmaceuticals, has created Sativex, which is not legal in the United States, but it's used in, in Europe where that's a one-to-one -one CBD to THC combination. What's the and Oops, sorry to interrupt. And that, and, and that is used for seizures and multiple sclerosis. Yeah, so uh, just quick, what, what does this cost? Because uh, they, they gotta be making money on this. Well, what does this cost like a patient? If you have no insurance, we've discussed this uh, many times during the show, but I'm glad you brought it up. Every uh, for one year, it is thirty-two thousand dollars. If you oh have goodness. no insurance, thirty-two thousand dollars. It's only two thirty-two thousand dollars. That's an entry-level salary that, for a college student. Not, yeah, it doesn't cost that much to even pro like to produce to even produce that pr to, uh, to produce a CBD oil. So they are they're they're taking advantage of the situation, one hundred percent. Because what, what's one one of your bottles? Let's let's talk about your product because okay, it's, so it's, it's important. Yeah, yeah. So that people get a, a perspective. Yeah. So let's say we, my recommendation um, for just you know to always keep a fresh bottle on hand, but also I I, I take a lot more CBD oil than probably the average person, so I love my four ounce bottle. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, let's go one ounce bottle, fifteen hundred milligrams. That's going to run you one hundred and thirty bucks. Well, that's supposed to last you one month. So one hundred and thirty bucks times twelve. Uh, anybody with a calculator? That's about twelve hundred dollars, give or take. 130 times 12 is... $1,500.60. Yep. $1,560. So you could come to me, no license, no insurance, no anything, um, and you could spend 1560 or 32000 for a synthetic uh, lab-derived product. So, I mean... So what you're saying God, is God you can, your, your cost is equivalent to, like, car insurance versus their cost 
which is equivalent to like uh, entry level salary of a 12, college 12 kid. Part, Twelve car insurances. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that's that's crazy. That's crazy, and a little and a little jerkish, if 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 I may input. Like, no, it's good to to have to have a to have a child dealing with a rare form of epilepsy, and then for someone to come out and say the only way that your child will see relief on a legal standpoint is to spend thirty two thousand dollars. We don't care. That's that's the cost. That's kind of that's that's poopy. I, I, there was another guy that did that with the. Uh, the shots for bee stings, he was doing it for like a $5,000 for a shot or something. It's just crazy. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, that was um, um, the EpiPen. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That they made it mandatory for every school to have it. And then they discovered that the, the, the president of the pharmaceutical company or one of the top officers in the pharmaceutical company was the daughter of of the pol- politician that passed that law. Oh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> There's always a connection somewhere. Man. There's yeah, always a reason. There's a reason behind everything. Yeah, so go figure that one, huh? Yeah. So, um, do anyway, we have- we're approximating the minute and a half mark here. So, um, Chris, give us information on how to be able to get a hold of you and your products. Yes. Um, so, you can go to our websites, you can locate in two options. Go to cannabidiolife.com. That is C A N N A B I D I O L L I F E.com. Or you can go to CBD oils and edibles.com. Both of nice. those words are plural CBD oils and edibles.com. And for me, it's very simple Joseph Rosado MD.com, Joseph Rosado MD.com, or info at Joseph Rosado MD.com. Now, this, this site may be down for a few days while Chris is working on it, but rest assured that we will get access to uh, you if you know you send me a, an email, okay? So, Ed, take us into the break over the next 15 seconds. I hope everyone looks forward to this wonderful commercial that's going to be put out by Voice America. We look forward to talking to you soon. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Dr. Joseph Rosado was the first medical professional to recommend medical cannabis treatment in the greater central Florida region. He has since become a sought-after medical cannabis expert in Florida and abroad. Learn his story and find out more about Dr. Rosado's book, Hope and Healing, The Case for Cannabis. Available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Kobo as well as through the website josephrosadomd.com. You can also schedule an individual or group consulting session with Dr. Rosado. That's josephrosadomd.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for the keywords voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for voice America. You're listening to Medicana Talk. To reach the program today, 
please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or you can send an email to info at josephrosadomd.com. Now, back to Medicana Talk. Welcome back, world. This is Dr. Joseph Rosado, Medicana Talk, joined by our main sponsor, Cannabidiol Life President, CEO, Founder, Christopher Visser, a.k.a. Ryan, and Ed Pisani, President, Founder, CEO of I4 Advertising. Gentlemen, let's keep going with this amazing, <laughs> controversial topic. Yeah. Uh, I have a question for you, Dr. Rosado. Um, is there an alternative to the medication um, that we were discussing before the break that cost $32,000 a year? Yeah, yes, the the, the uh, alternative to Epidiolex. Well, yeah, um, it's uh, cannabidiolife.com. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just that was beautiful. <laughs> That's the alternative. Uh, oh, I mean, you know, Chris is it. Chris is the sponsor of the show. Chris's um, <laughs> products have won awards um, nationally. He's received international recognition at the CBD uh, World Awards in Barcelona earlier this year. So an alternative to the over-the-counter, I'm sorry, an alternative to the pharmaceutical Epidiolex that costs $32,000 per year, you can purchase a one-ounce 30-milliliter bottle for a little over a hundred dollars. So yeah, and there's, I mean, go for it. <laughs> I, I, I kind of, I kind of, um, I kind of just said that one as the, you know, because uh, only because that's a 30, 30, uh, 30 dose, 30 doses per bottle. But I mean, there's, there's entry levels to it. So let's say you're still kind of skeptical. Mm -hmm. Um, that's where I kind of touched on the different sizes. So we do have a 10, a 10 dose option, 10 servings option. And so you can, you can get your skin in the game, if you will, uh, for $30. You can get 10 servings of our, of, of our award-winning formula, of our patented extraction method. Um, you can get it for 30 bucks, and there's 10 servings in there. And so that, that I feel like, is, your, is anyone's best entry-level pricing for, for what, we, what we like to say is one of the highest quality oils on the market, if not the best. Um, so just want to reiterate that. Sure, you can buy the $130 option for 30 servings, but we do have a, uh, a, a cheaper version. Nice. So. Now, when, you, when medicating children, they're not going to start out at the full dropper. Um, so children are going to start at a quarter of the dropper. And the typical recommendation I give pa uh, parents um, that ask me about you know, the over-the-counter uh, use of cannabidiol from cannabidiol life is start at a quarter of mm -hmm. the dropper or 0 0.25 milliliters and do that for six days take one day off to reboot the receptors and then if they haven't seen a response uh, or in, in what you're wanting then go up to a half of a dropper do that for six days take a day off watch how the child has done if they've done well that's their dose if they haven't then go up to three quarters of a dropper for six days taking a day off and continue increasing the dose until you get to the target to this to the resolution of the symptoms that you're wanting to manage whether 
it's a behavioral issue, whether it's AD. Uh, can I can I ask a question that I know, and this um, the only reason why I know this gets asked a lot is because I get this question a lot. So you said take uh, take a quarter milliliter uh, once, or like for six days. Okay, when should they take it? And should they only take it once or twice a day or three times a day? Um, those two questions are what I receive. So if you could touch on that, I think that would give a lot of guidance. How many times per day and when should they take it? And if their child is already on another medication, uh, when should they take the CBD if they, in fact, are on another medication as well? Those three, please. Absolutely. Perfect. So the first question, when to take the medication, uh, because CBD in certain individuals causes a sense of somnolence or sleepiness, mm -hmm. I always recommend to take it an hour before bedtime. Number one. So take it an hour before bedtime. With food or without food? With something fatty. You want to take it with, even though the oils are mixed with a medium chain triglyceride, mm -hmm. which helps in the digestion so a medium an example of a medium chain triglyceride is coconut oil so it's mixed with something similar to coconut oil but you want to mix it even with something even fattier because cannabis all phytocannabinoids are what are called lipophilic they love fat and so you want to take it with something fatty so unless the child has a peanut allergy mm -hmm. you want to give them you want to give them um like peanut butter, like peanut butter, exactly. Peanut butter and jelly sandwich with a with a with a milliliter of CBD oil mixed in. Well, not a milliliter. We're going to start at a quarter of a milliliter. So oh. we'll start with that. But yeah, but something fatty. If they, for example, are intolerant to to peanuts, then you you find in something else that's fatty, like you know, um, barbecue, or ice cream, ice cream, you know. yeah. You know, that, that has a, a high content of fat or something like that, just a little bit. And it, that also tends to mask the flavor. So that's when I typically recommend is um, in the evening and with something that's fatty to help with the absorption and the digestion of the medication so that it, it makes its way through the system because medium chain triglycerides are digested and metabolized lift differently than long chain triglycerides. So that's one. Um, if they are on other medications, you can I, want to, can hang I, on, uh, let, me, let me finish this, this thought. Go ahead, go ahead. If, if you want to take, if you're, if the child is on other medications, specifically anti-epileptic medications, mm -hmm. you want to not give it to them at the same exact time as the other medication because they both compete for the same enzyme when they're being metabolized in the liver. So you want to use, give the anti-epileptic drug say in the morning and then give them the the CBD before bedtime. Now if you if they are having to take a medication at bedtime, then you want to space it out. Give the CBD an hour before the regular medication. That way they do not compete with each other and it doesn't cause any conflict or toxicity to the child. Hmm. Go ahead. Oh sorry. Um, I mean I was basically touching on the stuff that you were about like just talking about. Um, I didn't, did not mean to interrupt, uh, but so can you answer this question? And this is just because my personal curiosity, because I remember reading something about CBD and REM sleep. So I like the idea of taking it at night. And the reason why is because, uh, as our bodies go to sleep, we, our bodies rejuvenate 
and recalibrate itself and basically strongly create these pathways of communication better during what we call REM sleep, um, which is you know a sleep cycle. We go through multiple REM sleep cycles throughout our um, like our, our our nighttime. Uh, bedtime. Yeah, the, the, the like normal sleep. sleep cycle. Yeah, the normal sleep cycle is is ninety minutes, and so, um, so you, if CBD if CBD has shown to uh, promote uh, a full REM cycle, that actually makes complete sense to me, and I've never thought of that until just now. To then like to always incorporate like that CBD one hour before bed, to in hopes to then stay in REM longer, so that your body can do its job the way that it's supposed to when it comes to recalibrating your communication systems throughout your like your endocannabinoid system and uh, all those things I've, I've, I've never thought of it in like that and I think that is awesome yeah because remember CBD works at the cellular level and it blocks two enzymes that deactivate the cannabinoids that are formed in our body we we form anandamide and 2-AG and there are two specific enzymes, MAGL and FA, F-A-A-H, that block and deactivate those endocannabinoids. Well, CBD blocks those two enzymes from Blocking. deactivating <laughs> gotcha. the, the endocannabinoids. And so it's important that you know the body expresses its natural endocannabinoid system and so that's why everyone should be on CBD to block those enzymes so that way the endocannabinoid system is expressed properly and completely interesting that's awesome awesome a lot of technical terms there but uh, that's uh, I, I, I think I think that was explained very very well so anyway so we answered when to take it with what to take it how to take it in conjunction with other medications, and what was the other question? Um, uh, oh, was it just once per day, twice per oh. day, three times per day? How often should they take it? Oh, initially we'll, we would start it at, at once a day, and then as the and dose. This is for pediatrics, correct? Only we're only talking specifically referring to children. We're we're referring to children right now. Okay. For adults, there's a different dynamic, but okay. for children, because that's the you know the focus of today's show. Um, we would start at once a day at bedtime. However, as the dose increases, then we could split it and do a smaller dose in the morning and a larger dose in the evening. So, you know, if they get to like one full dropper, then we could do like a quarter of a dropper in the morning and then three quarters of a dropper in the evening. That way they're, they're covered better throughout the day. Gotcha. 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 I like that. Thank you for that. Yeah, very detailed. No. Very detailed. My pleasure. My pleasure. That's what we're here for. That's the type of service we provide at Cannabidiol Life. <laughs> You're so, sweet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have a question for you, Dr. Rosado. Regarding the behavioral conditions cannabinoids and CBD use in the patient population, there's a growing interest on social media um, like Facebook and other places. While the data for... Um, this indicates, uh, based upon the case studies of numerous synthetic forms of THC, some of the benefits of CBD on behavior and motor skills are reported um, in those studies in epilepsy 
uh, can they be transferable in the population as well? Is that correct, what I'm seeing on social media? Yes. What you're seeing in social media is, you know, and that's where I did a lot of my research in, my, when, in the early days when I first got involved with this five years ago. Mm-hmm. I became a member of um, a Facebook page called CBD for Children with Epilepsy. And um, shout out to Janelle Ralph, who's an amazing human being. She created a CBD formulation for her daughter, Harmony, mm-hmm. because Harmony was is, is a special needs child. And Janelle lives in a state or lived in a state where, you know, the growing of hemp was not allowed. It was before the Farm Bill 2018. Mm-hmm. And so she created a formulation for her daughter in a legal state, was illegally transferring it to her child. And she figured if this works for my kid, it's going to help other kids. And by reading and researching that webs- that Facebook page, I was reading the frustrations of many parents of children that were on three, four, five different types of medications. And uh, not only were these children experiencing epilepsy, they also had autism. They were on the autism spectrum disorder. Um, so that was having, they were having issues with autism. They were also having issues with ADD, ADHD, mm-hmm. with OCD. And so there were a host of issues that these children were living and dealing with. And as a result of that, um, I came up with, you know, I found a study where um, they, they found a you know, six-year-old patient with early infant autism and was given drops of a synthetic cannabis product called Jornabinol, and they gave the child three milligrams per day, almost between three and four milligrams per day, three and a half milligrams per day, which would be up, you know, about a quarter of a dropper. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the child improved his hyperactivity, the irritability, the lethargy, and speech process patterns. And then an abstract was recorded by another scientist, Dr. Kruger, not Freddie, um, <laughs> <laughs> using, again, the effect of dronapidol on 10 children that had severe behavioral issues um, that were self uh, abusing, self-injuring themselves. And these 10 children, by giving them 2.5 milligrams twice a day um, to as much as 5 milligrams four times a day, mm-hmm. uh, found and discovered that these children, these uh, you know, seven of the 10 children had significant improvement with their self-injurious process. And two of the 10 experienced um, agitation and the drug was discontinued. So really, eight of the 10 children received very positive and favorable results. Mm -hmm. And multiple studies have been done in Israel as well as Chile. And when I do my talk on autism and cannabis, if it's an option, I I cite these studies of that were done, two were done in Israel, one was done in Chile, uh, regarding the use of cannabis for the management and treatment of children that have autism spectrum disorder. And the results have been phenomenal. Hmm. Okay. So, I mean, one, I was just absorbing everything you were saying. Um, I, I applaud you for just being so knowledgeable on all these topics, um, uh, into so much detail, but, um, 
just touching on what you last said, it just blows my mind. So eight out of 10 patients saw significant improvement. Two patients saw a little like an agitation and the drug was discontinued. Right. I like, I like that eight out of 10, that's 80%. That's a, I mean, it's not an A, but it's so two agitation. I mean, what does agitation mean? And if so, agitation like, is when they get agitated, they get, you know, they're restless and everything else. But yeah, I mean, 80%, eight out of 10, that's better than Michael Jordan did when he was in, in, in the NBA. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, so why was it discontinued? That doesn't make sense to me because it was, well, because it showed too much promise or it showed that we were headed in the right direction or no, it made them too, it made them too hyper. And so they discontinued it. My rec right. My typical recommendation is if you get a child that you're giving them a medication and it's making them too agitated, that all you got to do is change the chemo bar, change the seed strain that the oil is coming from. So now you're using a completely different dynamic. So is that that's your sativa indica approach, or or is that more for a terpene profile change? If it would be a, it would be a combination. It would be a terpene profile change, and terpenes, as we've discussed in the past, are would give the smell and the taste to the to the plant, and but medicinal, also medicinal value too. Exactly, which potentiates the medicinal value. But you know, the sativa, the indica, and the hybrid more in the ratio what percentage of it is CBD versus what percentage is THC. And that would ind indicate if the child may need more of a calming effect rather than something that stimulates them. And so we would get a CBD that comes more from an indica hybrid or an indica type uh, chemovar rather than a sativa-based chemovar. Excellent point. Excellent question, Chris. Yes, thank you, thank you. Um, I mean, I'm just speaking what's on my mind, and and uh, and I also like to ask questions too, pertaining on what I think other people want to know. So, um, nice, anyways, yeah. great job, great job. Are we? Can I? I mean, can I ask another? Can I ask another question? Mother, may I? Yes, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I, but another thing that you touched on before, um, that when you were explaining, um, what exactly is uh, like a perinatal brain injury. Yeah, brain injuries in children are very, as much as we'd like to say are uncommon, they tend to be somewhat common. Um, perinatal brain injuries are caused by children that's, that have asphyxia. Let's say they're, they're in the process of being born, they have the birth, con the uh, umbilical cord wrapped around their neck, mm -hmm. and as they're being extracted from the birth canal, that the, the umbilical cord can choke them causing asphyxia, meaning lack of oxygen and they are not breathing. Um, other children can have a stroke within the belly of the mother while the in the mm -hmm. womb, um, and that can cause a condition called schizencephaly, which there's a support group in, in Florida um, on schizencephaly, which are children that have had, had a stroke inside the mother's womb. That's or sad. Neonatal, yeah, neonatal hypoxia, meaning decreased oxygen levels shortly after being born, which causes ischemia or tissue death of the brain. And so all of these fall under the umbrella of a perinatal brain injury. Peri means around, natal means birth. So these are brain injuries that occur around either before they're born, during the birth, the birthing or after the birth. 
So what are the conditions that um, kind of lead from what you just said? Long-lasting functional impairment. That's going to have, you know, when you have decreased oxygenation to the brain, it's going to cause a, a long-term functional impairment due to increased inflammation and additional cell death in of the brain. So and more so, or less, even after the child's born, they're not out of the woods. There's, they still going to have issues for the rest of their life, more or less. Exactly. That's and so, sad. Yeah, and and so it is very sad. It, it, it's a, it's a, it's a you know, tra- it's a true traumatic situation for all involved. That's um, that, that's probably the best explanation I could have hoped for. <laughs> <laughs> now what? Now, now I'm going to ask you a question, Ed. Okay. We both Chris and I in the past have discussed the endocannabinoid system and discussed. Um, how cannabis responds um, to nerve damage or nerve inflammation or it protects the nerves. Can these children that have sustained these type of injuries benefit from the use of cannabidiol? It sounds like from everything I've heard, the answer is definitely yes. Uh our job is done, Chris. We can go now. Drop the mic. <laughs> I was literally going to say, I was just hoping, I was ready for like an analogy, uh, a story that has to do with uh, uh, high top, high top, uh, high, sorry, high shelf vodka, low shelf vodka or something. <laughs> do you want me to go there? I can go there. I could talk about uh, Russian standard. No, that's an outstanding I, vodka. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that's awesome. That's awesome. Exactly. So so to recap that point, which is extremely important, these children that have sustained this type of injury by giving them on their pacifier mm-hmm. a few drops of CBD oil and letting them suck on that will allow for the nerve protection and address the nerve damage and prevent the the inflammation because CBD we've discussed is an anti-inflammatory and an antioxidant. Interesting. So I mean, just because I know that I do, I do a lot of research on uh, on CBD and like the latest medical studies because I always like to keep our website up to date. Um, As far as I'm concerned, I haven't I haven't necessarily found any human studies that kind of back up what you're saying, Um, but. Or no, I mean, I have seen the human, I've seen a couple, but I mean, are, are there animal studies that are proving this? Are there, what, like, what, what, basically, where, where, where are you getting this information from? So that now, so Chris, potentially check in on that. Chris, I said at the beginning that I don't speak on belief or opinion. I speak on that, science. That's why, that's why I'm asking the question, because Good. I want to, I want to pick your brain so I can find this study. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well. Yes, there have been results from mice and pig models that demonstrate that CBD can reduce the density of necrotic neurons. Necrotic means tissues that have not gotten oxygen and they've become necrotized. They've died. And so... Could you spell that for me? Could you spell that for me? Necrotic? Necrotic, sure. N as in November, E, C as in Charlie, R, O, T as in Tom, I, C. Necrotic. So CBD can reduce the density or the in, the increased thickness of these necrotic neurons and can modulate or 
keep in check a, a nasty chemical that's produced, which is called cytokine. C as in Charlie, Y, T as in Tom, O, K, I, N as in November, E, cytokine release. And there are newer treatments for patients with cancer that block the release of cytokine because by blocking the release of cytokine, it has shown to treat and manage patients that have um, that have uh, cancer. So if it's being used for cancer, which is why cancer is one of the qualifying conditions in all states where cannabis is legal. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Because it, it helps reduce the inflammation, it improves uh, because it is an antioxidant, it eats up the free radicals, and cytokine is one of those free radicals that causes this ease. Gotcha. Hmm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna definitely have to revisit that, uh, revisit that in, uh, or hey, maybe we can even do um, a little one-on-one, -on -one and you can school me a little bit more on that. Um, so, I mean, th there's another common, there's another commonhood, ch uh, common childhood cancer that. Um, that we get asked about, um, it's like neuro, neuro something, neuroblast, neuroblastoma. neuroblastoma. Yes, yes, you, neuroblastoma. Yeah, can uh, can you help us and guide us on on, on what that is? Sure, um, I, I've managed and, and taken care of quite a few children that have uh, had this uh, condition, as well as rhabdomyosarcoma, which is a tumor of um, a muscle tumor that. Hmm affects, you know, either the head and neck area, which the first child that I gave um, cannabis to in the state of Florida, he was the first uh, child in the state of Florida to receive it, a 15-year-old, he had a rhabdomyosarcoma. But neuroblastoma is a tumor of the nerve, okay? And Congratulations on that milestone, by the way. Thank yeah. you for doing that and pushing for that. Absolutely. Yeah, that was, that, that was, in fact, th it was time. three, three years ago... It, it was exactly three years ago, November. Um, this November will be the three-year anniversary of that child receiving um, a one-to-one -one cannabis THC, C cannabidiol CBD uh, THC uh, mixture for his treatment. That's awesome. Cool. That's awesome. Well, I think we should have a sale date uh, in 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 uh, as a. Uh, as a celebration of that anniversary for at Cannabis Life, in yeah, in honor of, um, and I've have permission from his mother to, to mention his name. In honor of Juju's um, life, uh, I believe his mom would really appreciate that, and as well as his dad and stepmother. His stepmother was my medical assistant, and so um, that would be an honor to the child and to the family. So that would be a, an amazing uh, recognition. So uh, yeah, definitely. I think I think that's a must at this point. We'll do that. Uh, okay. um, what is the date exactly? I'll, uh, I'll tell you. Um, I don't know. I, I can't remember the exact date, but I know it was in November. But I'm sure. Okay. I'm sure the mom's got that date. I'll talk to her. Or I'll just check on my Facebook memories and I'll pull it up. Beautiful. Let's do that. All right. Sweet. So we've got about two and a half minutes, gentlemen. So. What's your last question? Um, so, sorry, 
I, I feel like I'm stealing. All no, the no, you're good. Uh, you're good. <laughs> not the questions, but the spotlight. Um, and uh, uh, one thing I, that I really, because I think it's very pressing right here, right now, um, is the vape. What's going on with the vape industry about these flavored vapes and how Trump is planning on um, potentially banning all vaping? And I and I know that they contacted the military, or the military announced um, just yesterday, I believe, that nobody in the military is allowed to vape. That's, I mean, do we even have time right now to talk about this? Yeah, of course you would wait until we have. Minute and a half. Can we talk about that next week? I think that's imperative. That That is imperative that we talk about it because there's a ton of research, a ton of literature out there. And in fact, your friend and mine, Jessica Arendt, is wanting to do a um, a Facebook Live and a podcast and a blog, a video blog on this specific topic. So it is maybe, something maybe that we must address. To, uh, maybe I can convince her to. Can we do? Um, can, can we have her on the show as well next week? Absolutely, we'll definitely have her on the show next week. In fact, I believe that maybe, if not our last show, our next to last show, because our three month agreement with Voice America is is on the verge of uh, of ending. But mm. do not fret, because we will be carrying on our show independently through the help of and some research that Ed Pisani did. So yep. we will, as as we get information, we will share that with all of you guys. But in the meantime. Thank you for an amazing show. Thank you for joining us today. We've got 30 seconds. So to get a hold of me, Dr. Jo uh, JosephRosadoMD.com, JosephRosadoMD.com, or info at JosephRosadoMD, info at JosephRosadoMD.com. Chris, go for it. All right, everyone. Uh, I appreciate you tuning in. Uh, thank you for all of your support with our show. Uh, you can check us out at CannabidioLife.com, C-A-N-N-A. D-I-D-I-O-L-L-I-F-E.com. Until next week, have an amazing week, and we will talk to you next time. Ed, sign us off. Uh, everyone, enjoy your day. Uh, be safe, be green, enjoy life. Take care. I love it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Medicana Talk. Please join Dr. Joe Rosado for another edition of our program next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. If you'd like to learn more about medical cannabis, we invite you to go to Amazon.com to purchase Dr. Rosado's book, Hope and Healing, The Case for Cannabis. Have a great week.